1: Welcome to Sound Reasoning. I'm your host, Persis Poku. Sound Reasoning is brought to you by Ace Apologetics. Ace stands for answering your Christian concerns effectively. On today's episode, I wanted to talk about the role of Christian apologetics in the life of a believer. The role of Christian apologetics in the life of a believer. That's a mouthful. So I wanted to, first of all, talk about the uh, concept of apologetics, the method of apolog- apologetics. apologetic involves giving a reasonable and rational defense of the historic Christian faith. So as we go out and we evangelize and we spread the good news of Jesus Christ, someone will ultimately ask us, Why do you believe the things that you believe? And what they want is, they want the reason of the hope that lies within us. They have inquiries. And I'm not talking about individuals that are trying to be argumentative, uh, those who just want to win a debate. But there are those around us who have sincere questions regarding the Jesus that we serve, regarding the Bible that uh, we read, regarding the God that we worship. And they're not trying to be, again, they're not trying to be difficult, uh, but they have uh, objections, some of them, to Christianity. Maybe they've been been hurt in the past. Uh, Maybe uh, they've been uh, taught false doctrines. Maybe they even belong to a cult. So, as Christians, we have to uh, be ready to give each man an answer, a reason for the hope that lies within us, and apologetics, Uh, helps individuals uh, in in removing those roadblocks or those questions that uh, they may have, uh, that they may go on further to establish an authentic relationship with the God of the universe, uh, the God who sent his son, Jesus the Christ, to die for our sins. So uh, apologetics, again, involves giving a reasonable and rational defense of the historic Christian faith. One of my favorite books, uh, it's a classic apologetic book, uh, It's written by the late uh, Paul Little. And Brother Little wrote two books uh, that I thoroughly enjoy. The first one is called Know Why You Believe. And then the second one is called Know What You Believe. I'm not sure which one was published first, but they're both uh, dynamic books that I would recommend for all Christians to have in their library. But the premise is this, uh, to know why you believe is for you to consider the reasons for what you do and why you do it, and then know what you believe dealing with doctrine. Uh, As Christians, there are just some fundamental doctrines that we all should know, uh, dealing with the nature of God, the nature of Christ uh soteriology uh, dealing with salvation, her, mart- her dealing with sin uh and, and on and on and on There are just some doctrines that are universal among Christians and uh they were deposited to us uh through the bible by the way of the early church fathers and by the way of the uh different um creeds and and, and uh different uh organizations and, and um, groups that were formulated that we could better articulate why we, uh, why we believe what we believe. So again, apologetics involves giving that rational and reasonable defense of the historic Christian faith. And my question to you is, uh, if you're listening to us, are you ready and set for the defense of the gospel? Not that you have to apologize like we've doing anything wrong, but as Christians, uh, we should all be ready to give each man and woman an answer a reason for the hope that lies within us. So some of you all may be asking, why do apologetics no it, it, why even spend time talking about this and 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 why do you uh uh emphasize this method of apologetics? Can we just do basic evangelism and and uh, leave the the apologetics alone. And the question, uh, or the answer, is no. Uh, the Bible prescribes apologetics, so it's not something that we can avoid. Now, according to uh, Socrates, as recorded by Plato in Plato's work uh, Apology, he quotes Socrates as saying, the unexamined truth is not worth living. So, Socrates was was on to something, in terms of the unexamined truth uh, or living this life without examining truth is not worth living. I mean, don't you want to know that you're serving the authentic God uh, versus maybe worshiping uh, some man-made God, a God that may be made with hands? Uh, that, that, that to me is important. Um, is it true that Uh, Jesus comes from God is it true that he's the the Messiah that we that they've been waiting on is it true that he's the Messiah that rose up on the third day uh, by performing this miraculous thing called the resurrection is it true? so truth uh, needs to be investigated we all have inquiries and God is not against our inquiries that's why he said in the scriptures come let us reason together so he's not against sincere inquiries. Uh, If we go to him honestly, if we go to him as a child, if we go to him with our questions, with our answers, uh, God gave us a mind, and he wants us to be reasonable with it. So, uh, Socrates is on to something. Uh, We must examine the truth. Not that uh, we are demanding or requiring facts every step of the way. No. We walk by faith and not by sight. But yet, Uh, even with faith, faith is built on truth. Uh, We have faith in a God whose record is impeccable. So when we put our faith in God, uh, we are trusting uh, and putting our faith in the embodiment of truth. So questions such as, why are we here? What happens when we die? What is a soul? What is a spirit? What does it mean to be mortal or immortal? What are angels? These are all uh, sincere questions. These are all uh, questions that sooner or later come up as we walk with the Lord. And apologetics, based on uh, biblical doctrine, helps us to formulate uh, arguments. Helps us to formulate our response to those uh, who are sincere in their inquiries, as well as those uh, who who are skeptics and uh, are seeking. To know the truth, so it's important in terms of apologetics, again, that uh, we examine uh, the truth. Uh, even first, John talks about testing the spirit by the spirit, so to examine the truth is the biblical mode that we should all follow. Apologetics involve worshiping God with our minds. In Matthew 22 and 37, uh, we find Jesus responding to the religious leader. He says, love God with your mind. Uh, with Love the Lord God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. Matthew 22 and 37. So, uh, this uh, loving God with your mind is what I've coined cerebral worship. Loving God with your mind, cerebral worship. And Paul hits on it in Romans 12 and 2 when he says, be you transformed by the renewal of your mind. And I believe a lot of believers would go a lot further in their walk if they would uh, allow God to transform their minds. Uh, everything that we do starts with the mind. So uh, if you have a righteous mind, righteous acts will follow. If you have a, a good mind, good acts will follow. But if you have a tainted mind, then sin will follow. If you have a corrupt mind, then corruption will follow. So everything starts with... With the mind, the mind is like the uh, CPU unit of the computer. I don't know much about computers, but uh, the mind is is the core central processing unit of our humanity. so whatever we put on our mind, uh, whatever our mind is engaged in, uh, that's what dominates our actions. so it's very important that we feed or we expose our mind to good things so matthew twenty two thirty seven Jesus uh, urges this religious leader. To learn how to love God with his heart, with his soul, and his mind. Then in apologetics we are commanded to give an answer. Just like the apostles used apologetics, uh, we also should use apologetics when it's necessary in spreading the good news. Uh, Paul reasoned in the synagogues. If we read Acts 17, he debated the philosophers of Mars Hill, uh, the Epicureans and Stoics who wanted to hear uh, his his message. Paul was able to share with uh, with them. Uh, one person was converted and a whole bunch of others were influenced uh, as we read Acts uh, 17 chapter. Then apologetics helps us to pull down strongholds. Uh, scriptures tell us in 2 Corinthians 10 and 5, we demolish arguments and every pretension that set itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Again, we demolish arguments. Where do arguments reside? They, they, they re- reside in our minds. Thoughts uh, reside in the, in the minds. They're formulated in the minds. So again, this whole thing of using our minds and, and thinking as Christians, being rational believers, is what the way God created us to be. So I know there are those who object to this concept. Uh, They strictly want to walk by faith and they don't want to emphasize uh, the reason that God has given us, the the, uh, reasoning faculties. And that's not the Bible. That's that's actually anti-Bible. God wants us to engage our culture. God wants us to be able to respond accordingly based on uh, biblical concepts uh, when there are issues in our community that demand a righteous answer. We should be able to formulate our arguments and respond accordingly as the Holy Spirit leads us. So, Second Corinthians 10 and 5 again says, We demolish arguments, we as believers, and every pretension that set itself up against the knowledge of God. This is not only descriptive, but it's prescriptive. It's for all Christians. Uh, God is going to put us in an uh, in a, in a environment where we have to give each man an answer. A reason for the hope that lies within us. Then in 1 John 4 and 1, uh, apologetics helps us to test the spirit. Uh, John writes, Dear friends, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. Because many false prophets have gone out into the world. Again, John is emphasizing that there is something uh, in terms of uh, the law of non-contradiction that exists. So, he's not using that term, the law of non-contradiction, but really this scripture is an embodiment of that law. Uh, that there's there that there's only one legitimate spirit from God, but there are other spirits, there are demonic spirits, there are the spirits that uh, imitate or come across as the authentic spirit of God, but they're not. So, we as Christians have uh, the Holy Spirit, and we should be able to, Uh, discern whether the spirit is of God or if it's of the devil. And the only way to really discern uh, is is to, number one, be prayerful. Number two, uh, bask your mind in the Word of God. Uh, There's no other way around it. You have to know the Word of God. And I always use this illustration. I am told that uh, those that study counterfeit, they spend all their time studying uh, the real currency. They study it day and night. They handle it. They they, they, they observe it. Uh, uh, they look at it. Uh, they twist it up and down. They are never introduced to the uh, foreign uh, currency. Uh, they are never introduced to the counterfeit currency. They only study the legitimate, authentic bill. And so when they study the bill long enough, the real thing, when the false thing pops up, they can... Readily recognize it is the same thing with God's word. If you spend your time studying God's word, if you spend your time uh, reading God's word, you spend your time studying God's word. When the false word pops up, you'll be able to uh, to detect that it's false. You'll be able to uh, to detect that it's not uh, in the scriptures, and you'll be able to deal with it accordingly. Because now. Uh, it's been revealed to you through the Holy Spirit and through what you put in your mind and in your soul that the this particular doctrine is inconsistent with classical theism. So uh, you can uh, refute it, you can object it through the testing of the Spirit. Then Titus 1, 9 through 9-11 tells us to refute those who oppose it. It says he must hold firmly to the trustworthy message as it has been taught so then he can encourage others by sound doctrine and refute those who oppose it. For there are many rebellious people full of meaningless talk and deception, especially those of the circumcision group. They must be silenced because they are disruptive or disrupting whole households by teaching things they ought not to teach, and that for the sake of dishonest gain. So the people of the circumcision were teaching uh, that as a believer, you have to be circumcised to be saved. And uh, Paul is writing to Titus, let him know that that doctrine is erroneous and that, uh, we mu- uh, that he must reject it. So, uh, sound doctrine is again mentioned in Titus 1, 9-11. Uh, that's, of course, dealing with apologetics. That's what apologetics does, is to uh, delineate what's sound versus unsound. Then in apologetics... Uh, we must rebuke them sharply. Uh, this saying is true. Therefore, rebuke them sharply so that they will be sound in their faith. Uh, Titus 1.13 And there are individuals that are uh, inside of our churches teaching false doctrines. And as believers as, uh, who are uh, being led by the Holy Spirit, there will come a time when the Holy Spirit Spirit wants you to say something to those individuals to correct them in love. Not to win arguments, but to share with them that what they're preaching is inconsistent with sound doctrine. So there comes a time, once again, that we as believers are touched by the Holy Spirit to move outside of our comfort zone for many of us and to rebuke someone in love because they're spreading false doctrine. Then apologetics deals with defending and confirming the gospel, as Paul did in Philippians, 1, Philippians 1, seven. Just as it is right for me to think of you all, because I have you in my heart, inasmuch as both in my chains and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel, you are all partakers with me of grace. So when Paul says, inasmuch as both in my chains and in the defense, that word defense is apologia, which in the English is transferred or, or translated answer. So both in my chains and in the answers and confirmation of the gospel. So Paul, again, uh, uh, is highlighting this need for apologetics. So what is the role of apologetics in a believer's life? It should be in the forefront. Because if we are witnessing, again, sooner or later, someone will ask us questions about what we are preaching. And we must put ourselves in a position to be able to answer from a Bible-based perspective. Then apologetics, uh, uh, we are moved to contend for the faith. Jude 3, Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, it was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that you should earnestly contend for the faith which was one delivered unto the saints. So the faith, the doctrines have been delivered to us, to the 21st century. It has been deposited to us and we must continue passing it on uh, in the way that we received it. I don't have the authority to change the doctrine because it doesn't fit with what I believe in. Sound doctrine requires that we accept it and we uh, pass it along to other people in its purest form. It's not up to me to modify the gospel. It's not up to me to uh, tweak the doctrines. It's up to me whether I like it or not, regardless of the verse that I'm reading. Uh, It's up to me as a believer to pass it on the way that God delivered it to the first century saints. So, we must contend for the faith. Uh, We must learn how to respond accordingly to other people that are seeking to know more about our Christian faith and our teachings. And then we must contend to keep the faith in its purest form, the way that it was deposited to us. The major doctrines of classical theism, we all as Christians must know know it, number one, and number two, uh, how to respond accordingly by defending it. Then, in terms of apologetics, God commands us to practice apologetics, as mentioned again in 1 Peter 3.15. But be you always prepared to give each man an answer, a reason for the hope that lies within you, and do so with gentleness and respect. Then, lastly, uh, why apologetics? Reason demands it. Reason demands it, and then the world needs it. The world needs to know that Christians uh, can uh, reasonably share their faith, along with being emotional. Uh, we 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 have to learn how to think rationally and respond accordingly, uh, like the early. Christians that came before us, St. Augustine and Arrhenius and Eusebius and all the other great church fathers uh, who came before us. Uh, Christianity, uh, especially from the first century on, is based on uh, Christian thinkers. And so there's nothing wrong with being a Christian who shows emotion as well as a Christian who is able to think. Now there are limits of apologetics. What can apologetics do? Apologetics can correct false thinking as well as illuminate the truth. It can also reaffirm a believer's faith. Then there are limits in terms of what apologetics cannot do. Apologetics cannot answer mysteries because mysteries belong to God alone. Mysteries are knowledge that only God has answers to. So the Trinity is a mystery. How can you have one God and three persons, but yet not have three gods? So the Trinity uh, is a mystery. Then another dimension of mystery is that uh, mysteries were not designed to be solved like crossword puzzles. Mysteries are designed to be meditated upon. So apologetics cannot answer mysteries. Then apologetics cannot tell you uh, whether... Uh, there's a trinity, but the Holy Spirit can. Then apologetics, uh, in terms of uh, humans, uh, the reasoning deals with probabilities, but the Holy Spirit deals with certainty. So apologetics deals, uh, help us to deal with that. That humans deal with probabilities, but yet God deals with certainty. Then lastly, apologetics cannot replace the work of the Holy Spirit in salvation. Again, apologetics cannot replace the work of the Holy Spirit in salvation. But let me end off with what uh, apologetics can do, as I mentioned before. It can correct false thinking. It can illuminate the truth. And it can reaffirm a believer's faith. So we thank you for listening to this episode of Sound Reasoning. And on our next episode, we'll continue the role of apologetics in the life of a believer. Praise God for you and your family and the church that you belong to. And I pray that you go forth and spread the gospel and be you always ready to give each man an answer, a reason for the hope that lies within you.
0: Thanks for listening to Sound Reasoning with apologist and minister, Perseus Poku from Sound Reasoning Ministries. It's our prayer that today's lesson has equipped you to share and defend your Christian faith with boldness. Sound Reasoning Ministries offers training in apologetics, biblical studies, and systematic theology. Join in on discussions on Facebook at Sound Reasoning Ministries. For more information about the ministry, to send an email, ask a question, or support the ministry, visit online at srministries.org. That's srministries.org. Listen again next week at this same time, and remember, Titus 1.9 says, Hold firm to the trustworthy messages has been taught so that you can encourage others by sound doctrine and refute those who oppose it. Sound Reasoning Ministries, srministries.org.